Welcome to Whole Lot of Wolves, episode 16 of season three. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. I'm Paul LePage. And joining us again in New York, it is Alex Patakis, our great producer. How's it going, Alex? Hanging in there, guys. How about you? Well, not too bad. Not too bad. We are celebrating our World Series champion, Houston Astros, Paul. Woo! Woo! <laughs> you guys uh, in New York are not celebrating a, a championship, I'm sorry to say. The whole Northeast hates you guys. Uh, no, right that's now, okay. So They hate us because they ain't <laughs> us. Yo. <laughs> and then coming back to us from Florida, Mr. Alex Winter, which is always, I always find it humorous that you're in Florida where there is no winter. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of the, uh, it's kind of the thing. It's uh, when they say winter, I mean, winter's coming. It's, uh, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm coming in there, not anything in <laughs> cold weather. It's palm trees instead of uh, blazing winds. But at least uh, the East Coast, I think you have uh, good uh, American football teams with it there at the moment. All the Texans are not looking that great. Um, anyways, yeah. We it's, don't have uh, a pro look, football I'm, team. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Uh, well, guys, that was a frustrating way to start our Saturday again. Scored two goals. Yay. Yes. Tomato has a brain fart. Boo. We ended up giving up three goals and losing. Double boo. Paul, break it down here. That was, it was tough. That was tough. Everything about that game had a horrible air of inevitability about it. Mm -hmm. Right from the get-go, we just felt like it was one of those games where we'd start off and look to get a little dominated and we started looking a little shake at the back. It it wasn't gung-ho from us at all. It wasn't starting out on the front foot. And it was a case of when's that first goal going to go in? And that happened, but give them their credit with with the comeback and uh, Geddes must have been taking something performance enhancing because I didn't even expect anything to to come from his break for the goal. Um, at one point, expecting more for him to take the foul than anything. So to have that type of goal, to, to have him score on the finish was fantastic. It was like... Where have you been since the start of the season? And then to, even when we get the rub of the green and we get a favourable VAR call, um, you, you, at the moment you've got no doubts that Neves is putting that in the back of the net for 2-1. So you're thinking, oh, great, you can really build on that. But never at one point did really stamp our authority on the game at all. And it just seemed to me that they... Brighton had it figured out perfectly that that space between midfield and attack, they just had the players that were dropping in there and causing us all all, all types of trouble. Um, so the equaliser really wasn't that much of a surprise. And then there we go with the, the sending off as well after that. And I think the, the inevitability comes full circle in that even when we went down to 10, it never seems that we're that team that can go backs against the wall and really dig dig it out and and come away with a point, you know. And I was I was just waiting for us to concede and 
actually quite surprised that it extended all the way into 80 plus minutes for that to happen. But at, at no real point, there was no real excitement to think, oh, we could get something here. We could really dig in. We could put put nine men behind the ball and, and leave someone up front and, and get them on the break. There's there's just nothing like that. There's no there's no feeling, there's no spirit that we're the type of team that can claw something like that back and, and go on and get something out from a game. Alex, what yeah, happened I mean, to our defense? Um, I mean, Cody, of course, uh, is a big butt in terms of, I mean, our, our defense, even if we had kept those guys, I mean, we're, I mean sort of aging and we needed to, to read for our defense. Samedo is, I mean, he's been focused on the, the World Cup the entire season. He's not been, uh, he's he's not been really wanting to put in any effort. And Johnny just, I mean, when you go through two ACL tears, it's uh, it's hard to come back to, to anything like he was. Um, our, our defense, they, they want to try and score goals and try and be on the front foot but we don't have the people to uh to really i mean score goals i think the reason why Geddes was able to score that goal was because he was a bit off balance and didn't have time <laughs> to think about the shot and so um yeah it's and i think part of it instead of sitting back and countering which is what has been a lot of our success in doing and i understand that we needed to learn to switch on to the front foot and, and try and do that. But we've in doing that have lost the ability to sit back and defend. And we can only attack with, we can only attack while also having our attackers not being able to score any sort of goals. So it's a horrible combination a pressing front where they can't score goals and then, uh, all the men are are up in attack, so can't really defend in time. And uh, I'm hoping Lopetegui can sort of rectify that a bit, but it will be a, a long couple months of the World Cup for sure. We'll go back to Geddes, but I, I think I really like the point you brought up about Semedo. And we had talked about this last week, Paul, as far as like, why is Semedo kind of in and out of the lineup? But Alex brings up a great point that he hasn't maybe he hasn't just been focused on Wolves at all. Maybe it's been all World Cup to him. Do you think there's something to that? No, possibly, even to the extent of if his lack of form or lack of productivity has had a, an adverse effect on him getting a call up, has that really lowered his confidence and, and his, out, his whole outlook? It is... He seems to me to be quite a um, a, a stringy player. So when it when it's going well, he looks a world beater, and then when it's not, he looks League Two, and it was League Two on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And and no, I, I mean just... we've kind of we've kind of seen when he was at Barca that he wasn't great in a back four. I think he was a good fit when we had the back five, but now that we've gone back to back four, it's pretty clear. Like he's not that guy. Like he really right back all year has been the biggest weak spot of the back four. Uh, Alex, do you agree? Do you think maybe if we had a 
right back who was really good at defending, maybe that would solve a lot of issues here. I mean, I, I think that would. I mean, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, when you have Neves basically playing as a third defender in a lot of the games and not as not as much this game, but playing as a third defender in a, a lot of the games, it, it's just I feel a a very defensive right back would 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 really really hold well. Someone who can really, yeah, I mean, someone who can really organize the defense because I don't think that there's any real leaders in our defense at the the moment. It's uh, I mean, now Cody was not the best defender, and I think he, in terms of just purely defending ability. He was not in, not worthy of the starting lineup going into the season, but it's it's just they haven't found someone else. No one else has stepped up to really fill that type of role. And I think if you bring in a a steady veteran right back, uh, would would I think be be good a defensive fullback? Yeah. So. I think with the. Um... With just mentioning Cody, I I agree with you 100% that as an out-and-out starting centre-back, may he have not been as active this season to, to start with, yeah. But I think if he was, if we were in the, the predicament now and he was here, he, he'd be starting with one of Collins and Kilman because... I, I, I agree with that. And... It, even actually, I'd I'd even say not only Cody would, but probably Saiz as well, as someone who has that experience, who has that working knowledge of a back four. Mm. I I just think they, the those two to me now are looking a little too similar, and I think Collins is going to be a great centre back in I the future. Too. I think he's going to be an yeah. absolute stud, but we forget that he's twenty one. Yeah. And that, that's really showing. And and when you are backs against the wall, if you are in a relegation scrap, you do need that that older head on the shoulders. It, it takes a special player to do the job that we need doing at the back. If you're if you you're 21, 22, that age. Kilman's the same, you know, they can, you can talk that they, they, they even mentioned it in pre-season and where they're trying to do it to, to build his confidence to say, Oh, he's captain material. And he, he shows captain qualities in a different way than, than being vocal. He does it through his performances and everything. Were they just really saying that to try and talk him up a little bit and give him that confidence? Because to me, it seems that again, he could be quite um, at risk of a real form drop off based on his, inexperience and and that's the worry for me at the moment is that we've got no we've got no real fallback we've got no one that that could come in and give either those a break which as younger players playing center back in the EPL you probably need from time to time I find it interesting I feel like Kilman hasn't been the same since there was the whole uh England national team stuff that really started popping up. I feel that kind of got in his head. Um, I find it very interesting. If you look after the games, a lot of times, who's the guy Neves is obviously speaking up, which he should as the captain, 
but we, we've kind of thought Kilman was going to be captain and waiting. I actually think it's going to be Collins because who's the guy that's always talking to the reporters, always really dropping truth bombs, always going to the supporters. It's Collins. I kind of feel like Collins has stepped into the role that we expected Kilman to step into. Um, yeah. What do you think of that, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I really feel Collins, I mean, he's he's definitely an emergent center back. He's the great thing. Kilman has not been the same. I mean, I don't exactly know his whole Ukrainian history, but since the conflict yeah. sort of started, he, like, at the end of last season, he was not playing a lot of games. And, I mean, he was not one of the ones that sort of was very vocal, went over and fight with. But I think that might have affected – and also that might be why he's trying to hide his voice a little bit too because of those political tensions with with basically his English heritage, his Russian and Ukrainian heritage and – all different things so it's it's a it's a bit of a, a tough back but yeah collins is really that that leader and i mean you have even with like the the veterans that you you have i mean diego costa is i mean veteran champions league experience but not a leader with that it says shown by the the red the stupid red card uh, <laughs> a game ago there just hasn't been and i think collins is really trying to step up to that but he hasn't um basically he hasn't found his his right footing yet i think more wins would would help his confidence a little bit more but collins is trying to be that guy yeah certainly mm -hmm. man alex is bringing some great points here tonight bringing the heat i love it about the mm -hmm. Ukrainian uh Russian conflict. That's good. Um okay, well let's talk about a little bit of the positives though, and that was uh Geddes, who made an appearance and really looked great, even taking away that goal, he still looked good. But it was nice, Paul, to see somebody that didn't get like a fingernail touch to him and then just collapse. It was nice to see him keep his balance, keep going and get that goal because as we've seen, drawing penalties is no sure thing. I think that that goal, it, to me, highlighted that there is some potential there, that there is a talent. And it was like a, a bigger and tougher version of Trinkau, where you did have all the skills and the ability, um, but Trinkau may have taken a foul or, you know, not had not had the kind of upper body strength that Geddes can display. So I think it's exactly what we're looking for in that type of signing to be in that particular position. And, and that's where we could see a genuine goal threat from. So hopefully it's the start of many more. Am I correct in saying that if that was Neto or Potence in the box with that ball, Alex, uh, they would have gone down like there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll? Um, it would have been Huang to, to add to that as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but yeah, it's, they would have done Neto and Potence would have done a few step overs and tried to, <laughs> to go down to the ground. And I mean, getting that, I mean, just put the ball towards the net and crazy things happen instead of just trying to find every single perfect angle. 
Like it, it, it's, it's just actually just going for it. And I, I'd like to certainly see more of that from Geddes and as he did moving forward. Yeah. Just anybody test the goalkeeper. That's yeah. you never know. And, and I felt yeah. like that's what they did. They tested the goalkeeper. I mean, the, even the ones that weren't going in, they were at least trying them. Um, obviously took that two, one lead Paul with, uh, that penalty, which I don't know why that took so long to see when a guy's flailing his arm up, you know, you'd think we get called for Motinho hitting him like under his armpit, but heaven forbid, like a blatant one doesn't go. Uh, just a fantastic penalty. What were your thoughts like after we took the lead there? I'd say at that point it was probably equally deserved that we're in the lead, but I just always had that doubt that we weren't we weren't super potent behind it. Um, and is it a confidence issue or just the informed players? But it, it never feels like when they get that lead, it really boosts them and they go on to to have a, a period of further pressure. Uh, it's necessarily going into their shells, but it's I'm I'm looking for them to build on that momentum of, of taking a lead and, and kick it on from there. And for whatever reason, it, it's not happening. Um, would, would that make a difference? Because it sure seems easy enough for them to cough up a goal anyway. So why not go a little bit more gung-ho in those few minutes after taking the lead and see if you can do real damage to a team. We've had it done plenty of times to us that, one goal brings two and suddenly two brings three and it's game over. So I'd like to at least see a little bit more of an effort when it comes to really dominating a game when you take the lead. Well, there was good news before the game and that was, we finally have a manager folks. Julian uh, Lupetegui is coming in. Um, Paul, very exciting. Obviously he was, I think a lot of people's number one choice um then he turned it down then we went back to we're we seem to be you know we're making jokes about the restraining orders but this seems to be working with uh matthias and uh now uh lopetegui like you know <laughs> just keep asking they can't say no forever baby i think that restraining order gets diminished <laughs> somewhat when you've got uncle george behind the scene pulling all the strings so yeah that probably has something to do with it I mean, Lopetegui was Fosin's first choice all the way from the beginning. I mean, even before Walter Zenga came in, Lopetegui was the the first choice for for Fosin. And after, I mean, five five years finally getting him with it there, finally getting him is, I think, a, a big, big thing. And, I mean, while, yeah, Uncle Jorge helps quite a bit with that, uh, I, I think what, what really helped with that as well was uh, – our uh, our neighbors Aston Villa getting Unai Emery and sort of like okay it's not gonna really damage my prestige that much going into a lower mid table um, Premier League team and I think that's part of what and hopefully I I think it's uh, giving him some some administrative control over over the team a little bit um, while George Mendez will, will certainly go on ahead and, 
and still yield a lot of influence. Uh, they brought in uh, the former sporting director of IBAR, uh, according to Liam Keane, uh, the, uh, the uh, Express and Star reporter today with her there. And he did wonders with them in youth on uh, different things and keeping a, a very small budget team up in uh, La Liga for, for many years. So I think adding him, adding Lobotigi, I think is going to help sort of establish uh, a better structure than than just Ori Mendes, Scott Sellers, and Jeff Shee. I think you're bang on. I think that this, I get excited and so I look back at it somewhat and think, well, where would have we been now if we'd have had Lopetegui from day one in terms of him coming in where the the whole situation at the time meant that in effect that first season was a waste. It was only till till Nuno came in. I, I get similar vibes that he's going to be that type of type, more of a uh, manager, more of a, a controlling interest in in the team and what goes in and around it in terms of staff and structure and all of that. So that's what gives me some excitement moving forward now with the rest of this this season that he he's that type of manager that's going to have that approach and he's got some status you know he's got some history he's got some gravitas he's that type of appointment that people people know who he is and and what he's done previously versus Bruno Large it was like who oh, okay he won won the championship in Portugal but but that was it now we've got a a, a stand-up international caliber manager again, and I think that gives it, it can build a lot of confidence going into uh, into the the second part of the season for sure. Paul, are uh, Scott Sellers' days numbered? Again, potentially in in that structure, yes, but I think that he may still have some type of role and and potentially a role that is had some success with in the past that there was never really much disputing when it comes to the development side of things and and football operations i think it's just a case that his his particular role is called into question when it comes to being more hands-on with building a squad player identification uh and, and things like that so if Lopetegui is more not necessarily hands-on or if he's got a team in and around him that are able to give, give him the intel and help bring these players through that they, they're they identified correctly and that they're fitting with his scheme, then I could probably see uh, certainly a shift in that transfer committee that they talk about that Sellers is a part of. How about you, Alex? What do you think of his role going forward? I, I mean, I think Scott has done very well with the academy. That's where he came up from, and the academy has continued to uh, improve. I mean, we've we've beaten Liverpool's academy with so much more money and so much more back to back in the under 18s And they, I mean, I think our academy is going very well, and I think Scott is going to be a lot more focused on that. I think it's going to be like. It's going to be that same board structure that Wolves have had for the past couple seasons where 
she, the commercial director and everyone have sort of a conversation, but they're adding more football people than just Scott in there to try and, and shape it from instead of just focusing on Wolves records or the new fashion line or, or different things like that, focusing a lot more on establishing that, that great football team and football brand separate from the commercial entities. And so I think Scott will stay around, but not nearly in the capacity that he is now. Overall, Paul, how would you rate the hire? One to 10. Eight. Structure, uh, gravitas in the game, uh, the ability to c- command that respect. I think it, it's right up there. I would say uh, around, I mean, eight as well. I mean, 10 would be like uh, like uh, Jose Mourinho or would be a Zinedine Zidane or, or something like that. And that's like only really for like the the upper echelon of one. So the eight would, would work well. I mean, he was a former Real Madrid and Spain boss. I mean, and the fact that we have someone with, with that, we haven't had someone with that type of claims uh, in, well, since Graham Taylor, but that was a completely different time, completely different uh, setup with that. It's been, it, it's been a while since we've had such a high profile um manager more high profile than Nuno Orlage and and someone that uh, I mean Sevilla did did very well last year and just a, a rough patch with this and hopefully he can show what he's shown in other places and and really succeed at, at Wolves. So Paul, I thought it was very interesting after the match when they were talking to Steve Davis and he was very frank and on the record as saying I've told Lopetegui he needs to come in and make some be pretty active in the transfer window in January and get some quality players. That's got to be pretty damning for the guys that are on the team right now. To an extent, yeah, but then it's been a relatively quick flip-flop that he was talking them up so much when he originally took the on the roll. So uh, you can look at it in a different light when you've been on on the run that we've had under his stewardship. So um is he wrong no um and i think that we're we're in a position hopefully that with him coming on board in this role he's he's here with certain conditions and those conditions would be that there's going to be some back in in the winter to fill some of the gaps and again hopefully i think with the types of relationships he looks to build with his players and really impart his way of doing things that maybe there's some of his previous generals that may be coming in that have got some potential that could could fit in with his style and formation. Um, because I, I definitely think it's needed. I put us in that distinct category of, of Newcastle last season where they needed a new coach, but probably more importantly, they needed three or four really quality journeyman in the the kindest sense that that knew the league and could do a job and they got that and they're reaping the rewards of that investment last winter all the way through into this season still so that's what i see uh happening at the walls is that potentially we could have 
two or three that that make a really significant contribution. Alex, um, how much do you think Fosin will invest in January? It's very tricky because Fosin itself, um, if you've looked at the different financial news, has to shed a bunch of assets and their um, and basically a lot of their their stuff is is junk bond. So I think they'll unfortunately not do the hundred million dollars that was spent in the summer in, in January. But I feel that instead of it being Fosin's investment vehicle thing, it's more turning into Guo's personal, like his personal team that he wants to go in ahead and put in that money for. So I think there'll be some some smart loans and some guys in it, but basically in enough to to try and, and set us up in a good position to uh finish 17th or better. And that that's really the the goal at this point. Uh it's not the goal coming into the season, but that's the goal at this point in, in time. And so I feel that they will um Really, what they need, I think, is just quality bodies. Because even even in the summer transfer window, while they did, um, I mean, while they did add a bunch of different players, they also sold a bunch of different players. And our squad actually got smaller. And now we're hitting with injuries and different like that. And just having people to push the starters that are there right now, I think would be a, uh, a big help to, to Wolves. I mean, heck someone like Craig Dawson, who was, uh, who was talked about there. I mean, the guys like that are, are what's the ensure we would uh, at least the one big splash landing, but a lot more just guys that like can come in and push the squad to be better. There was an interesting report from David Orstein that said, uh, Lopetegui was going to explore the possibility of negotiating a buyout with Anderlecht to bring Fabio back from his loan, which I think is smart. It would be, I feel like, cheaper than bringing in somebody new. Um, now, there's no recall clause, and Anderlecht has said they're not interested in letting him go, but Paul Money talks, right? Yeah, I think stuff like that, where where there's a will, where there's a way. Um, personally, I'm I'm not a. Uh, I'd, it's a tricky one. I'd like to see what what's out there first, uh, and explore those routes because the the worst thing that could happen in in this situation would be like when we did it to Morgan Gibbs White, who was showing really good stuff away and then they brought him back in and he was flitting in and out of the team again. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet that again, based on age and experience that bringing back Fabio now and saying you're the guy or you're going to be a major contributor is going to necessarily work because from somewhere we've got to get a 10 to 12 goal player for the remainder of the season. I'm not sure that it's him yet. What do you think, Alex? I mean, while it, it it will be cheaper to bring it in Fabio, so I do not want to take him back from loan from Andre like right now. I mean, 
we've we've done damage in the past trying to recall people from loans and then the stuff and if they're comfortable in a situation like Fabio is at, at Anderlecht I don't think we should really mess with that um, and when we already brought in I mean Diego Costa as that one year kind of thing obviously he's not he's not proven to be the the answer so far um but I mean bringing in someone on uh, a loan or a one that has a uh, high wages, the one that a crazy, I mean, but I think one that could be a real possibility just because of um, the situation is Cristiano Ronaldo coming in on a six month loan. Is <laughs> not playing at Manchester United, and I don't think any of the Champions League clubs are really going to go after him. And he get a guaranteed start, and a, a guaranteed yes, the wages are a lot. Yes, the different like that, but I feel something to sort of showcase that yes, you're going to play and you're going to have be the focal point of that offense, which is what he can't do at Manchester United, but he could certainly do at Wolves. I think it's out there, but I think it could happen. I, I, Paul Paul won't even look at the camera. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. I know it's crazy. I know it, I know it is. I know it is, but it's it's something that I feel it could happen, even though it's very unlikely to happen. Just keep believing, Alex. That's all we want. That's brilliant. <laughs> this is exactly the type of content that our list is coming here for. So, yeah, yeah. See, Alex, you're dropping all these truth bombs, tomatoes, thinking the World Cup, you know, Ukraine wars affected Kilman, and then you just slip in Ronaldo coming to Wolves on a six month loan. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, what are the chances of that actually happening? And you're allowed to go 0.01. I think I've got a better chance of being called up to the England team <laughs> for the World Cup. Even with even with Uncle George? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be curious as to what even the Wolves fans' reaction to that be. I could see a bunch of them going, we don't want that twat. <laughs> Am yeah, I right? Yeah. A word on that, Paul. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, uh, on the one hand, it makes completely no sense, but then on the other, it makes a ton. And if you had any type like that type of player in any other situation, it would be a complete and utter no-brainer. So, yeah. You know what, though, if it happens. Um, I am gonna ask all gambling advice from Alex because clearly he has like the almanac from Back to the Future too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be the sticker book from Back to the Future too, with uh, yeah, like you the know. sporting almanac with the uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I think a big part of it's gonna come down to how Raúl looks in the World Cup, and he just uh, flew to Spain to rejoin the national team. Here's another guy that's probably a little more concerned about the World Cup right now um, than us. But Paul, what do you need to see from Raul in the World Cup to feel like he can contribute here in the second half 
I think we we all know it and we've all seen it. And I think we need to see that type of output again, uh, regardless of, of tournament in effect. But um, it's, it's whether he's capable. So it, it's going to be a, a an interesting dynamic for sure that if we do see it, can he come back and be uh, be firing on all cylinders, or is this a, a genuine swan song that is is building up to and, and intends to go out on a high, even if that's leading to uh, to a move in the twilight of his career? But again, it comes down to uh, experience and wiser heads and and those that are, are willing for a fight and. Would I rather have a uh, an informed Raúl Jiménez leading the line to to try and keep a team up for relegation, or would I have a Fabio Silva? And nine times out of ten, I'd I'd have a fully functioning Raúl. It, it's just if we get him back or not. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, I, what I really hope for in the World Cup is for him to try and be fearless. I think he's he's been, I mean he he's still great with the link up play and the creativity, um, but I feel that he uh, he doesn't he he doesn't have the aggression that he once did, and and that's really what I would like to see from him. Yeah. Uh, we had a no stupid question from Noodle Hawk on Twitter. Um, brought up some stuff with uh, Lopetegui, which we've hit on, but he brought up a good question. Will they bring a better medical staff with them too? Alex, how important do you think that is based on all the injuries it seems like guys have been getting? Yeah, it's, uh, I I mean, I don't know necessarily it will be better. I did see from that same Liam Keane tweet from, from earlier today that they did bring in uh, – uh, a couple new um, fitness staff, fitness coaches, and stuff like that, which I, I think will will help things. I don't necessarily know they'll be better. We were great up until really this year in terms uh, of our our fitness and and being able to to manage that. And I'm hoping that things will will get back to there. Um, it's it's one I think. Yeah, they, they do need to bring it, and I think it will get better. Just I don't exactly know. It will be Nuno level where you can play a full championship season with only like 15 players um, in the for the entire season. And, uh, but yeah, it's I, I feel that we will have uh, a bit more, I mean, a, a bit better health uh with those potential changes yeah mm -hmm. okay so the big question can lopetegi keep us up alex i, I think he can um I, I think he he certainly can it's in terms of, of squad talent and different like that i feel that we have enough to to stay up and especially since a lot of the um a lot of the table is is pretty close uh like the 
11 through 20 is is pretty close in the the table right now and I feel that there will be enough to to keep us up. It won't be pretty, but uh, I feel that Lopetegui will will keep us up in something like 15th, 16th. Paul? Yeah, the, I'm not skipping and jumping around uh, <laughs> and being gung-ho about it, and it's going to be an absolute... It's putting me off this World Cup even more because I just don't want it now. <laughs> I just want to forget all about it, keep the season going and 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 ride off the momentum of uh, him coming on board. But hopefully we can look at that as a positive that he's getting this opportunity for like a, a mini pre-season and, and help with the planning and everything. But I'm thinking along the same. I'm I'm hoping that we're, we're able to turn it around. There's all being well, there, there'll be three worst teams and probably two more that we compete in with that start to drop that I've not quite identified who may, those may be. But when you have the types of run that we did to close out last season happen to teams, then there is some flux in that league still. So you could have a team that's riding pretty high now, like a Fulham, for example, hit the skids and could plummet. So... I, I think we'll be okay. I, yeah, I don't think it'll be pretty. I think he needs to certainly do some miracle work with the defence. Um, but if he's able to put his stamp on that, I think we'll be we'll be okay. It'll be pretty hairy potentially. It'll be be ongoing into the uh, the tail end of the, of the season perhaps. But I think we'll be okay. And who knows? Maybe it could be quite positive and we, we get a cup run or something paul what's the new goal obviously we were thinking you know top seven top eight at the beginning of the year is the new goal right now 17th place like legit it's, it it's got to be um and it's it's foolhardy to to think anything else really because it is just survive and and, and and anything else is a is a bonus at this point. If you're in, if you're in the bottom three at this stage of the season, it, it's uh, that there's a pattern there, and that need needs fixing. So um, you you do have to take that that seventeenth. Um, if it's given given to you now, take take it, grasp it with both hands. Same, Alex. Seventeenth new goal. Same seventeenth. I mean, anything else is sort of a, a bonus. This is not sort of a, a season that will be looked upon fondly. And if we get 17th or above, we can just sort of wash our hands from it and, and move on uh, the following season. Good times, guys. Good times. <laughs> Joining us to talk about Saturday's game against Arsenal, which is going to be at 2.45 p.m. Eastern Time, 1.45 Central. That's longtime friend of our podcast and one half of the DU football show. It's Arsenal fan Sam Graham. How's it going? Not bad, guys. How are y'all? Pretty good. good well, you. 
you know, what a start to your season. 13 games in, top of the league. I mean, this has to be exceeding you guys' initial expectations. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely ahead of schedule in, um, in what we anticipated from uh, Arteta getting his feet under the table and, uh, you know, lowering the average age of the squad and everything else. We're definitely exceeding expectations at this point. What's been the real keys to this success, Sam? Um, some of the signings, I think, that have finally bedded in, uh, balanced the side, uh, Partey especially, um, getting his feet wet and, and really showing the, the dominance he has in the center of midfield. Uh, it also freed up Martin Odegaard, obviously, to to create and do what he does best. And I think we're seeing what Real Madrid saw in him at 15 years old. I think we're finally seeing that potential be realized. So this is the last game before the World Cup break. We kind of saw it with Liverpool right before Project Restart, how they had all this momentum and then kind of came a little bit down to earth. Do you kind of think that could be something Arsenal experiences as well with the break before Boxing Day? This World Cup obviously comes at a very strange time with a lot of emotional baggage and physical baggage for the players. Um I think you could see if there was going to be another Leicester season, you know, quote unquote, I think this would have been the year that you would see it. You know, uh, obviously Holland's not going to be at the World Cup, but the rest of Manchester City is. What happens if they get hurt or on Boxing Day get hurt? That just paves the way for somebody else to sneak in um, because he can't do it on his own. That same goes for Arsenal, really. Um, Same goes for a lot of those, quote unquote, big six, you know. Um, with multiple players going that, you know, that could really shake things up and, and change the complexion of the league. Um, depending how far, you know, our players go, it could affect, you know, in, obviously injuries, fatigue, um, training time when they get back. I think there's only, what's four or five days uh, before um, that they come back. If, uh, should they make the final? Uh, maybe a week, something like that. Uh, should England or, or France make the final, a lot of our players are are, are there, you know. Um, so it definitely comes at a strange time. Um, but if we can pull this off this weekend, it gives us a ton of momentum um, and keeps that belief alive. And back on to Saturday, Sam, do you think you'll be setting up any differently, playing away from home, or you think in business as usual? I'm thinking business as usual to at least start with. Um, One thing Arteta has been uh, pretty good at this season has been adjusting tactics uh, mid-game and formations and and things like that. Um, He's also done pretty well rotating the squad and keeping everybody relatively fresh. Um, So I expect us to start pretty much business as usual. The problem's going to be is this is a chance for your entire squad to impress Julian Lopetegui, uh, who will probably be in attendance, but takes over, what, next week, I believe. Um, Monday, next week, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it always seems like we play you right when you get a new manager. And for the last three seasons, you've had our number anyway. Uh, now we don't have a David Luiz to get sent off twice in the same season against you guys this time. So that's helpful obviously. Yeah, it's helpful but, for um, us, so we don't have one of our players nearly dying. <laughs> that would be awesome. Also positive. Yeah, also positive news for Wolves. Um, 
I think it's going to be a, a great game. What I, I worry for you all defensively, um, I think that you're going to start to figure out how to score goals again. Um, but until Lopetegui uh, gets his feet under the table, I'm, I'm, I am worried for you all defensively. But, I mean, you like I said, you've had our number. You always score at least one against us most of the time, too. Well, I'm glad you have concern for our defense because we do as well. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can we still uh, get you to take um, Neto for fifty million pounds? Uh, probably not. I'd rather take Ruben Neves. Yeah. I bet you would. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is still in play, unfortunately, potentially. Yeah. So, or or perhaps still, a five foot four, uh, a five foot four uh, back heel specialist. In Daniel Podence, I think he would fit right in. Yeah. He could challenge Saka. I think we're we're good on Pacey. We're good on Pacey wingers. I think. <laughs> uh, you got it. That was a bell. That was a bell. That's usually Everton's job is to throw people forty million pound bones. <laughs> they did that to us with a Wobi, uh, a couple others. So yeah, it's uh, I, I say you go bark up Mashiri's tree, and you should be able to offload that no problem. <laughs> So, Sam, before we finish, just uh, let our listeners know how they can listen to you and uh, the other Sam and everything that you do with the DU Football Show. Uh, absolutely. So if you like banter uh, and you like the Premier League and the whole Premier League, um, come find us. We're at DU Football Show on all the social medias and uh, the DU Football Show uh, on any podcast app. You can find us, Spotify, um, Apple Pods, Google Play, anything. We're on YouTube. We stream everything on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. Um, so check us out and uh, hope you like it. Thanks to Sam Graham for his little preview uh, of Arsenal. But first, before the Arsenal game, Paul, we have Leeds United tomorrow in the League Cup. Well, I guess... People are probably listening to this. That's actually today. The game is on ESPN2 and ESPN Plus at 245 Eastern, 145 Central. Um, Paul, my thinking is with how important it is right now to win Lee, uh, you know, EPL games, I almost say throw a bunch of kids out there for the Leeds game. What do you think? To a certain extent, I think that that's got to happen based on form as well. In that, uh, we got no Semedo, obviously. Um, you don't really want to risk Johnny in in this type of game, uh, given there's there's one uh, on on Saturday in, in quick succession. So that puts a uh, that puts a, an opportunity out there for a right back, and if that goes to a youngster, maybe or Perhaps they they go pretty solid and just stick mascara in there and try and go pretty uh, pretty big across the bat line and, and see what happens. But I think even then you're going into the fact that um, the likes of Breno is already playing, so keep him going. I think, and then you may see uh, uh, an appearance of a uh, Kim Campbell because again they've got to be preparing and and maximizing the min minutes of the forward line because there's not really with, with Neto being out there's not great depth there as well so 
when you think about it like that, it, I think there could be some changes. And again, with um, possibly some of the younger central midfielders coming in. Mascara and Toadie starting, probably eight and three, right? I mean, possibly. Yeah. I would... yeah, I think Bueno, they, they try to keep it going. And I mean, honestly, I think putting in a lot of the the youth players with the way that the senior squad's been going, I mean, it actually is our top squad at this point. There, I feel putting in Hodge, putting in, uh, I mean, yeah, putting in uh, Bueno, well, putting in Mascara, who hasn't really had it over Totti, I, I feel it is would be a positive thing for 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 Wolves, and I think we we would have a shot at even getting by leads, even with putting out the uh, the kids tomorrow. Yeah. Um, this game kind of is irrelevant to me at this point. I, I, I almost don't want to stay in this cup because it's the smaller cup and because we've got bigger fish to fry. Um, and I'm usually very go for the cup, but in this case, eh, not so much. Um, so knowing that results probably don't matter as, as much for the Leeds game, Arsenal game, huge though. And I got to think the chances of us winning that are pretty slim, right, Paul? I think so. We've got, I've got a ton of positives to really take on in there. And it, it is a sad reflection. I find myself thinking about today that, Arsenal are typically like what what Sam had alluded to had been one of those high profile bigger teams that we'd actually always had a good record against for the most part since coming back up and obviously they weren't a weren't of the status of the Arsenal Wenger days but they were still a, a big recognised name um, but we'd always do do quite well against them and unfortunately I could I could just see Saturday coming around and and one-way traffic to be honest I'm, I'm not really looking forward to it i think the uh the opportunity they've got down their left hand side against our right hand side is is scary and that's what's given me uh big, big nerves and it's really um it, it's not if they'll win it's how many they'll win by yeah alex i kind of feel the same way yeah, I, I I feel yeah. I mean, I, I don't really expect anything from from Wolves' game. I honestly think Arsenal will have a bit of a, a rotated side, and even then, um, and even then, I think they'll put two or three past us and not really have us give up much. Not uh, yeah. I don't I don't really think we're even gonna get only but a couple shots on goal the entire game. That's sort of the the negative feeling that have around going into that 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 Arsenal match. But it's it's one that I mean really different from past years and I'm hoping we can get back to where it can be competitive with them again, but I don't really have any faith at the moment. Good times, good times. Um Johnny started right back, I guess. It it's gotta be just stick him there and say don't do anything stupid. Just be defensive. If you are going to get any attacking threat down down the flanks, that comes from Breno, and that could allow it to turn into more of a uh, a three at the back, and 
Bueno a little bit extended forward and and maybe that helps a little, but I just, I'd be telling Johnny just to be really conservative and stick, stick to, uh, stick to defending and, and see, uh, see if we can get something that way. Now who starts at winger? Cause Geddes took Adama's spot. Geddes looked well. I felt like Adama looked good when he came back in. Do you think they maybe try and go Geddes and Adama? together i'm not sure i again it's even with Geddes down down the right i'm still not wholly convinced that's his best position so it's a little frustrating that we are so far into the season and that's not yet fully been figured out but still we've got the conundrum that there's not a great deal of flexibility because we haven't got a proper number nine so someone's got to play there as well so that's looking like Wang. Hopefully, we've we've put that any type of experiment with the false nine being pedents firmly to bed. So we really haven't got much options apart from that. Um, I just think that somehow with with the Dharma, it's it's potentially that a, a game where we'd really need him to be the the Dharma we know and love. In that it's a it's a big opponent that. Um, he could be a, a potential threat to them. And that's that those are the types of players that we, we really need to step up if we, if we're going to do anything. So, um, yeah, is, would it be a luxury to start him if he's not going to be given that output that, that we really need to do, to do a job against Arsenal? Do you think, Oh, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'm hoping is, I mean, that, I mean, Adama, similar to a couple seasons ago against Manchester City with their very, he be the attack or focal point. I mean, that didn't really work well in the end of the, the Brighton game, but I feel it will be that type of thing that will happen in the, the Arsenal game, trying to have Adama be that focal point and everyone just sit back and and defend and hope for the best. So. All right, guys. So let's talk a little predictions. Let's go to the board here. Uh, it was a whole bunch of zeros this last week uh, because, because both uh, or me, Paul, in our guest spot all had draws. And Alex, you had a 1-0 Wolves win. You were feeling extra frisky last week, huh? I was a little too frisky. A little too frisky. <laughs> All right, so let's start with the Leeds uh, Cup game. Alex, what's your prediction for that? Um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna go two-one Wolves, uh, even though it might benefit us to be out of uh, the League Cup. I, I honestly think that we'll we'll get that that sort of revenge win against the the Leeds against Leeds certainly. Um. I think it's going to be two one wolves. All right, Alex P. Um, I like that. I I I think multiple goals would make me happy. Um, regardless of whether they win or lose, since it's kind of a little bit of an inconsequential game. That I agree with Alex. It might not be a bad idea to lose, but I think they end up winning as well. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say two. Two nil. Okay. All. 
I was kicking around trying to be uh, negative and hopefully it'll turn out to be a positive, <laughs> but I think I've just got to confuse myself that way. So what I'm going to go with will be 2-2, uh, but seems there needs to be a winner on the night. We'll, we'll win and go through on penalties. And that will bring a little bit of a momentum that I won't be up skipping and jumping into the World Cup, but that will mean we somehow end up getting a point against Arsenal and we draw one each. Oh, see, Paul's already jumping up to Arsenal. So you're saying 1-1 one, one each on Arsenal? Yep. I don't know why, because I'm shy to predicting. So I'm that's the one drinking why. whiskey, not you, Paul. <laughs> uh, my Leeds prediction, I don't see who's going to score goals. I do like the idea of it going to penalties, but I think it's just going to be a bunch of kids. I'm going to say 2-0 Leeds. I have just become such a Debbie Downer, man. Uh, well, Paul already gave his pick for the Arsenal one, so Alex Winter... What is your Arsenal prediction? Yeah, I mean, I, I wish that there w- it was going to be something better. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's not going to be a route. I, I think it's going to be 2-0 Arsenal. I, I don't see a scoring uh, against Arsenal. Um, their defenses has looked very good. Um, but I'd be happy to be proven wrong, certainly. Alex? Yeah, I I agree. I can't see Wolf scoring against this Arsenal squad. Um, Saliba's incredible. Ben White's pretty good. Gabriel, the other Brazilian Gabriel, uh, also very good. Um, I'm gonna say, was four nil even allowed on a Wolves podcast? <laughs> like, I mean. They've given up four goals enough. I think it's loud. <laughs> Arsenal just seems so overwhelming. I'm going to go like, unless like Alex mentioned earlier, they rotate the side, which I don't, I mean, every point is so crucial in this race when you're, when you're going against city, I don't know if you can, I'll go four nil with a, a Martinelli hat trick uh, as he runs at uh, Johnny, maybe, or who even knows at this point down that flank. Well, yeah, especially since it's the last game before the World Cup, I imagine most teams are going to go balls to the wall in this matchup. Uh, Paul, you said 1-1. Are you still sticking with that? <laughs> yeah, everything Alex just said is perfectly accurate. So, um, I think Wolves are going to score in this game. Um, and I think Wolves are going to give up three goals. <laughs> so I'm going to say 3-1 Arsenal. And then pray for two things. Lopetegui comes in, he gets their crap together, and Portugal's eliminated early from the World Cup, so we get some guys back into uh, Lopetegui's little new preseason camp. Okay, Alex, any no stupid questions this week? Uh, Just one other that we haven't um, already addressed. Um, and that is from Todd DeWitt, guest of show. Um, which Wolves player do you think puts pineapple on pizza? Who wants to take this one first? <laughs> well, number one, I don't I don't know what the bad rap is with pineapple on pizza. I love pineapple on pizza. I get Oof. I get pepperoni and pineapple and jalapenos because the jalapeno 
and the pineapple are a good mix there because you still get a little bit of the spice with the jalapeno, but it's not overwhelming because you have the sweetness of, of um, the pineapple. So uh, with that said, I think you have to look at somebody who's pretty confident in themselves and okay ordering it and thinking, well, people may laugh at me, but I'm this person, so they're not going to laugh at me anyways. I think Diego Costa gets pineapple <laughs> on his pizza. I really do. <laughs> I mean, who's going to say something to him? Exactly. No who's going to say <laughs> something? I feel like that's more of a Latin type, uh, you know, <laughs> even though he's from Spain, like, I don't know. I, I, I just got a feeling like he would he would have some pineapple. My pine, my pineapple pizza eater is going to be eating it while he's playing hide and seek because I could definitely see Leo Bonatini going for Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough one. Uh, would probably think. I mean, I, I'd probably go. One of the the younger ones in the, the squad. I'm just gonna go for a, a shout. Ken Campbell. Ken Campbell is, seems like you want that sort of extra sweetness when you're the younger and wanting that. And I feel that he can he he would be a, a pineapple on pizza guy and and not care what what others say at, at his age. So <laughs> I gotta yeah. think it's an upset. Nobody said potence, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh he's he was i think he was my hide and seek pick um yeah i would uh i know todd specifically singled out players um but my first thought was bruno lodge because it's ingredients that just don't make sense together and that seems like a very bruno thing like don't overthink it cheese sauce maybe some type of <laughs> Encased meat, that's really all you need. But he's but he'd, he'd justify it though, <laughs> he would, <laughs> and he'd go, he'd go into considerable detail trying to justify it as well. <laughs> yeah, he would break he'd it go, down. Guys, like I a... really feel like the meat is better proportioned and only when there's pineapple with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, pineapple on pizza, like on, a, on the surface, feels like a Nevis at center back kind of move, like just why um but that being said i i i it is sometimes delicious particularly from domino's like which i think is blasphemy as someone who's currently sitting in brooklyn so um after that they, my four I, I gotta words, imagine I they don't a lot have of people any, to hide from i gotta imagine they don't have many new york slices with pepperoni right what's that with pepperoni or pineapple I mean, with, with pineapple with pineapple oh yeah no it's uh <laughs> It's it's not really done at most places. I would say a lot of the chain places maybe, but the the real mom and pop pizzerias here. I I don't know if you can walk in there and order. I I think they might just say no, which is hilarious <laughs> to just like order something and they'll be like, nope. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh. And that's it for no stupid questions. Um, as a reminder, you could uh, always tweet them at us. Uh, the show's Twitter handle is the best place for that at wlwpod. Or email us um, at hello at wholeloutofwolves.com. And it brings this week's show to an end. So we will be back same time, same place next week. We're going to uh, review 
the Leeds and the Arsenal games and see how we are positioned going into that World Cup break. So in the meantime, in Lopetegui, we trust and up the mighty walls. Whole Lot of Wolves is self-funded, so if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities as a way to reach a niche audience, email hello at wholelotofwolves.com for our sponsor packages. Just want to make a contribution as a listener who enjoys the show? Then head to buymeacoffee.com slash WLWpod. That's buymeacoffee.com slash WLWpod. We greatly appreciate any contribution. Up the Wolves. <laughs>